Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And welcome back in. We are here in place of Aaron, Joe, and Ed this week. They are off. He is Jim Rodriguez. I am Chris Mack. And this is BetQL Daily. We have got you covered for the final hour of the show. Lightning bets in 40 minutes. GTFO or oh, yeah. We always have fun playing that in about 20 minutes as well. But I I, I told J-Rod this earlier. I'm sitting there watching SportsCenter last night after the All-Star game. And the Women's World Cup promo comes up, and I, I realize all of a sudden, this is how fast the summer has gotten away from us. I realize, wait, July 20th, that's a, that's, that's a week from tomorrow. Man, it is right here. It is staring us in the face. It is chasing us down. And Sebastian Salazar is here uh, from ESPN to talk about the U.S. Uh, team and uh, above and beyond that, the U.S. team, the Women's World Cup. Morning, Sebastian. How are you? Thanks for making the time. Hey, great to be with you guys. As always, yeah, we had uh, Alex Morgan on one of our shows the other day. She said it's going to be the best Women's World Cup ever. So uh, I think for U.S. fans thinking it's going to be another cakewalk to a three-peat, they might have another thing coming. Interesting. So tell me why it's not a cakewalk this time around. Yeah, I mean, generally, right, the U.S. just had a massive, massive head start when it came to women's soccer because of Title IX. We treated our female athletes better than anybody else did, so they got to be really good. Now the rest of the world has started to invest, especially countries in Europe where football, soccer is part of the culture. They know how to actually develop soccer players. What we're very good at here is developing athletes. And so for a long time, the American woman athlete has been superior to everybody else. And that's why they've dominated soccer. Now we see countries like Spain, Germany, England starting to invest. And those countries that have always produced the best technical players which went on the men's side, are now starting to do that in the women's game. And you can see that the gap is really starting to shrink. In fact, there were three games last year. It was the first time in 20-some years that the U.S. women had lost three games in a row against England, Germany, uh, and Spain. So the rest of the world, they may not have caught up, but they are definitely catching up. All right, Sebastian. So let's talk about this group for the United States. Uh, they open up against Vietnam. They're, they're laying five and a half goals, by the way, last I saw that. Uh, Netherlands, Portugal, Vietnam. Not exactly the group of death for the, for the U.S. in this tournament. Uh, any value plays here? Yeah, I mean, from, from the U.S. standpoint, minus 350 to win the group. I, I don't really see a, a ton of value there. I do see some risk. It's not the easiest group. Portugal, Vietnam are definitely a step behind the U.S. Netherlands is a very good team. They played the U.S. in the final of the last World Cup. A lot of fans will remember that. Netherlands also won the 2017 European Championship. So they're definitely a team that can threaten the U.S. In fact, they took the U.S. to penalties at the last Olympics. The big difference for this Dutch team is they don't have Vivian Miedema, who's one of the best players, not just players, but goal scores in the world, the, the players that really make a difference in soccer. So I think the U.S. will win this group, but at minus 350, I don't really see a lot of value in terms of betting them to win the group. I do see some value in betting some of the underdogs in other groups, because like I said, as, as, the, as the rest of the world catches up, it's no longer three or four teams that could realistically win this tournament. Now we're talking about maybe 
six, seven, even eight teams. So I look at like Canada in group B, right? They're the, they're the reigning gold medalists. And, and the Olympics is, a, is an important tournament in the women's game. They're plus 195 to win their group. Now, the favorite in their group is the home team, Australia. Australia has a lot of talent. They'll have that home crowd behind. But maybe there's some nerves early on for Australia. And if Canada can take advantage of that, they win that one game. Now they're in the driver's seat to win that group at plus 195. You love that. Group F, similar story. Brazil at plus 150 uh, is kind of the second favorite in that group. France is the favorite. France is a team loaded with talent, but... In major international tournaments, France is more known for their catastrophes and their successes. And so I could absolutely see France stumbling and, and Brazil taking, taking advantage of that, winning that group at plus 150. The big swing I would go for, though, is Group G. Uh, Sweden's massive favorite there, minus 550. The Swedish team is one old. I think they might have squeezed every last drop of blood out of their generation kind of at the last Olympics. And they're known for slow starts. So Italy, at plus 500, who played Sweden to a draw uh, about a year ago, I think could be a, a sleeper to make you some money and maybe surprise some people and win Group G. So I think when you look at the groups, there, there are clear favorites in some of them, but in some, there's some, some, some plus money value for sure. Sebastian Salazar of ESPN, ESPN FC, Football America's podcast on ESPN Plus with us here on BetQL Daily as we are just about a week away from kickoff of the Women's World Cup down in Australia and New Zealand. Let me ask you about another group because you make the point that finally the traditional powers, the traditional football powers mm -hmm. are starting to catch up to the United States around the world, especially in Europe. And I look at Group H that I think in a Men's World Cup would be one of the highlights, right? Germany and Colombia in particular mm -hmm. in that group. Are we seeing the same? And you mentioned earlier um, Brazil and France in Group F. Are we seeing the same level of, I guess, keep up, for lack of a better way to put it, by those South American countries, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. we've seen from the European countries? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, and the answer is no. I mean, not even close. Um, I, I think a lot of it is, is cultural. I think the, the Europeans mm -hmm. have people in charge who just came around to women's soccer a little bit quicker. When you look at the game in Latin America, there are still federations that are dramatically disrespecting and underfunding their women's programs. In fact, Colombia is a great story, but also a sad story. It took a lot of players back in 2015, 2016 and 17, leaving the Colombian national team for the federation to suddenly say, oh, okay, we got to take this serious. We got to, we got to treat these players um, like professionals. In fact, there's, there's a sad story of the Colombian women wearing men's cut jerseys in an international tournament because they didn't even have their own jerseys. So I think some of these Latin American federations are behind. Brazil's a little bit of an exception. They've gone out and hired a European coach. They've invested a little bit more. Is it on par with what they're doing for the men? Um, absolutely not. And is it on par with what Europe is doing? Absolutely not. So as we see the growth of the game, it really is kind of the United States and Canada. Um, and then you see countries like Scandinavia and now continental Europe that are really where the power is concentrated. Latin America still has... A long way to go. Brazil is producing some talent, but you start talking about Argentina, Colombia, etc., and they're just still a ways off the best in the world. Sebastian, so, I wanted to ask you about how to bet these games or these matches, mm -hmm. and obviously the three-way line where you, you pick either team or a draw, and I think it really jumped out at me when you said how much more competitive women's soccer has has gotten. So to me, that immediately tells me that the draw for a lot of these matches is now something to consider because mm -hmm. you don't have those gross mismatches anymore. 
You don't, but we will see some of that early on in the group phase, right? I think it's important to acknowledge that it used to be you would see a quarterfinal game with a 3 nothing, 4 nothing scoreline. You'll still get some of those in the group phase, but now when you get to those quarterfinal rounds, you really will you know, start to see, I think, far more competitive games. I'm looking at, for instance, like the USA-Vietnam game, the opener on the 21st, right? Vietnam plus 6,500. You're just you're not going to make any money kind of betting the game lines there, right? So that's when I think you have to get a little bit more creative. You've got to kind of look for what the matchups are. If specifically I'm talking about the, the United States in that game, I'm looking at team totals. Like where is the value there? I'm looking at maybe first goal interval. You really have to dig into some of these mismatches in the group phases uh, to find that value. Because to your point, there still are like the haves and the have-nots in the women's game. And you're definitely going to see that. Um, in the group phase. So, you know, once you get later in the tournament, once you get a proper matchup, if you've got, you know, for instance, like we said, a Brazil-France or Canada-Australia, those like two quality teams in the group phase where a draw does not hurt anybody, right? In the group phase, you can accept the draw. Once you get to knockout play, you know, a draw puts you in extra time, puts you into penalties. It's a little bit more risky. A lot, a lot of good teams will accept the draw in the group phase. So if you see two good teams line up, um, I do think at that point you can make a play on the draw and maybe, you know, parlay it with something else to, to boost your odds and really make it a winner. Sebastian Salazar of ESPN covering the Women's World Cup, talking about the Women's World Cup to get started just a week from tomorrow. In spots where we can find markets for it, and, and not all books have it up right now, mm-hmm. but uh, top scorer plays, what, what are you looking for? Um, is it necessarily – do you necessarily look for a strong team or do you look for, regardless of team, a squad that is led by someone who's traditionally looked at as the throw the team on their shoulders type? You got to go deep, right? You got to have a sense that the team is going to go deep. And Mm -hmm. I think you try to stay away from squads where there's going to be a scoring by committee approach, right? So uh, one thing to look at is who takes the penalty kicks. That's such an important thing in soccer. And if you feel like, the person who's going to take the penalty kicks is also the most likely to score from the run of play on a good team. Now, now you're starting to get some criteria that are going to get you some good candidates. I look at the U.S. team, for example, and I think they are a score-by-committee team. So I see somebody like Alex Morgan as your top scorer at plus 400. I kind of would stay away from that. Alex Morgan is going to take the penalties, but I think in his, as an older player, she's also going to get her fair share of rest in this tournament. And I think she is going to split the scoring with other players, primarily somebody like Sophia Smith, who's also, I think, from what I'm seeing, like the second highest in terms of, in terms of you know, uh, favorites in terms of top scores at plus 650. I would personally, for Golden Boots, stay away from the Americans. The, the two players and the two teams that I've ID'd as, as deep runs, singular scoring threats are Germany and Australia. For Germany, it's Alexandra Pop. She's a very good player, just scored last week, was the, one of the top scorers at the last European Championship, so she's, she's coming in hot. And for Australia, the home team, Sam Kerr. Uh, this player used to play in the U.S. here in the National Women's Soccer League, dominated that league, went over to Australia, has dominated that league, has gone to England, dominated the scoring in that league. She is going to score goals. She's the most prolific goal scorer for me on the planet right now and playing at home. Both those players are plus 800 for Golden Boot. I think there's just some incredible value there with those two. And by the way, for these books that don't have top score odds for the Women's World <laughs> Cup, get your act together, please. There's a market for it. You know, it's, it's ridiculous that some of these odds, we don't get them until a few days before the tournament. I mean, come on. That's my rant. a boy. Good. 
Yeah, get on it. So, get Sebastian, we, we, we know the U.S., you know, they, they are the behemoths of, of, of mm-hmm. women's soccer, plus 250 to win the whole damn thing. The, the gap has shrunk a little bit. If, if you took the U.S. out, who could possibly yeah. do this? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll go back to the, to the two teams I like. I think a lot of people are picking a USA-England final because they just saw England win the European Championships. They saw the United States and England play a great game at Wembley the next fall, which, of course, the United States lost. But I think tournament to tournament, year to year, a lot of things have changed. You know, this U.S. team is not necessarily coming in hot. I, I definitely don't think they're playing their best, and really they haven't played their best since the last Olympics. Um, and England has had some major injuries. So I think those two teams right there have a lot of question marks coming into this tournament. I think their historic significance is reflected in where they are here. For me, you got to look at Germany. Germany is a team that is just very solid. They're always there towards the later stages of the tournament. And like I said, they're coming off a very good European championship last summer. Um, they don't end up winning it, but they had a, a really great run. And they've got that, that talismanic, that central figure goal score you know you can rely on. And what are they, plus 650? I think that there's a really good value there. And then I would go Australia. Australia is a tough team because for the last few tournaments, they've had the talent to make a semi-final run. They've had the talent to get to a final. And they haven't done it. They've kind of been known, along with France, as the international chokers. I think that changes now. I think, I think they're at home. They're going to have an incredible backing behind them. They've got, like I've said, the best, the best attacking player in the world for my money in Sam Kerr. And at plus 1,200, if you think about, you know, the U.S. women, 1999, all that happened there, I think there's, there's a very likely repeat of that, at least getting to the final for Australia here in 2023. So I really like that plus 1,200 for the host nation. If you're a good host nation and you're getting plus 1,200 in the odds to, to, to win the World Cup in your home country, uh, I think that's a value you really ought to look at. Sebastian, before we let you run, we would be remiss if we didn't get your read on tonight. USA, Panama, Mm -hmm. Jamaica, Mexico, Gold Cup semifinals, USA minus 165, uh, Mexico minus 160, both heavily favored in this one to move on to a rematch in the Gold Cup final. What what is your read on uh, tonight's matches? Yeah, I got to give a shout out to uh, producer Paul here because he knows my my mom is Mexican, so I I I have to carry this. Um, devastated, you know, Mexican (laughs) fan in me. I'm very pessimistic when it comes to the national team. I think Jamaica at plus 500 to win in regulation is actually not a bad shout against Mexico. Anybody who's followed this Mexican team knows they've really had some struggles in the last six months. In fact, they're on their third coach in the last six months. You don't have to know anything about soccer or even sports to know that's a team in turmoil. Jamaica, on the other hand, has gone out and recruited a bunch of dual nationals. So suddenly... They have three guys up top who are like premier league level players uh, that are going to be a real threat to Mexico. So if you don't want to go plus 500, if that's a little too big of a risk for you, Jamaica's team total over a half goal. I'm seeing it minus 120, minus 125. Get on that before that line moves. Uh, Mexico's defense is shit, is just, it's, uh-huh. it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace <laughs> right now. And Jamaica will absolutely threaten them. And I think we'll at least score one. So minus 125, I think there's some real value there. USA and Panama, nobody ever got rich betting the over in soccer. Take the under there if you want to make it part of the parlay. Um, I just think it's going to be a, a real grimy defensive game. 
Great stuff, Sebastian. We appreciate it so much. Great insights on both the Women's World Cup and the Men's Gold Cup semis tonight. Check them out at ESPN and, of course, the Football Americas show at ESPN+. Plus. It is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, another edition of GTFO or Oh Yeah, right here on BetQL Daily.